Good morning. Greet you in Jesus' name this morning. I'm going to give to you this morning a full-blown farmer message. It's something I think we all maybe have experienced with. We get frustrated when it doesn't work well. At least I do. Maybe you don't. Even our neighbors will get frustrated with us if it doesn't work well. Anybody want to take a stab at what that is? Offense. Wow. Wasn't a lot to go off of, but that's very good. I found this article, or I saw this article, read this article sometime back in one of my magazines that I get. It was titled called Making Good Fences. And so I tore it out, and it's been sitting on my desk probably for, well, I won't say how long, but it's been brewing. And as I was considering what to share this morning, I know we're into the Christmas season, and I didn't want to steal any material for next Sunday. But I thought, you know what? There were shepherds, there were sheep, maybe there was fences. So there might be a little bit of connection here. This article, Making Good Fences, um, I'll just read the first couple paragraphs that he had here. It says, good fences make good neighbors. Good fences also serve as a curb appeal for your farmstead. It says, I sometimes find myself in an unenviable role of a farm business analysis. And frankly, one of the first observations I make about the future prospect of a farm is the state of its fences. Why? Because good fences are expensive. And good fences require a good bit of work or a good bit of investment. Fencing, and finally, good fences do not say, stay good forever. And I can testify to that. Now, I understand that I at least have one person in my audience here this morning that's an expert at making fences. Is that you, Raiden? Is there anybody else here that has any experience under their belt at making fences that would call themselves an expert. I don't claim to be an expert, although I've made a fair amount of fencing in my time, and I'm sure I still will have that experience as well. But Braden, I know I didn't give you any time, and if you need some time, I'd like you to tell me in a couple words what makes a good fence. And do you need some time to think about that? It looks like you do. I'll come back to you. I don't like to put you on the spot. You think about that. I'm going to come back to you. What makes a good fence? This guy here, this article, said good fences make good neighbors. Well, I can tell you a story this morning of something that happened between our neighbors and I didn't get permission to use this story but I hope 
that it's okay because it's going to go off my memory as best I can. But we had a neighbor that he had a horse, he had a bull, and he might have had a few calves. And he had a very dilapidated fence, barbed wire fence that was not tight, posts were half fallen over, and it was not uncommon for the horse to be out. Once the bull came, we thought, oh dear. And as I remember, there was one Sunday morning, I think it had rained and there was a puddle of water, the bull had got out, was standing in this puddle of water, back by our electric fence, with its mouth on the wire, getting shocked and bellering for all it was worth. That was the undoing of neighborly, um, I should put it this way, we had to visit the neighbor. And as I remember, Dad was the one that, I was young enough, I didn't do anything with this, but as I remember, Dad negotiated out with this neighbor to, if he could at least improve his fence, that he would be willing to pay for some of the material. And as I remember, that happened. Is that right? He said it did. Maybe he paid for the whole amount. I don't know. <laughs> um, once that fence was repaired, and there was once, at least, it was an improvement. It was one strand of wire that had some juice to it. Things were a lot better. Now that's one example. But what's the purpose of a fence? Brayden, I give you some time. What makes a good fence? Making good posts, good wire, proper bracing. Okay, he nailed it. Good posts, good wire, good proper bracing. Well, we, I can sit down and be done. Purpose of offense. What's the purpose of offense? It's to divide. Maybe it's to give privacy. Maybe it's to keep the dumb cow in, or horse, or even the dog. Maybe it's so that you can plant some flowers and some pretty flowers can climb up your fence. Maybe it's for security or protect your property. And there could be a list of other things. Those are just some of the ones I thought of, the purposes of a fence. Down in Mexico when I was dating Christy, and even in Haiti, I didn't really think of that till now, but in other countries, um, walls are more prevalent than fences, but... There in Mexico, as I remember, there was all kinds of different style fences and bars and wire and razor wire and and gates and everything that would belong to you. If you wanted to secure it, you had to properly fence it in. Just on a side note, did you know, I'm sure you did, that in Ezekiel chapter 38... You don't have to turn there. Ezekiel 
This is prophecy of the end times. Ezekiel 38. In verse 11, I found it interesting. It talks about, um, And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of the unwalled villages, and I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. There in Ezekiel, it's, my Bible says God's evil thought, and meaning that when this time is about to be, there's going to be security and there won't be any walls or fences or gates or bars. I'm not sure. I'm going to leave that there. But I found it interesting that that was mentioned there. Just a couple of Sundays ago, Laverne Bender showed us some pictures of Ireland. And I found it fascinating that in those pictures, a lot of fencing was done with rocks. Is that correct? You don't just go out there one day and say, let's move fence, right? It means moving a serious rock pile. So you'd have to give thought to your fencing and the layout of your fencing. I thought of Dwight. You still do intensive grazing? You move your fence every day, don't you? There's a different method of fencing. He allows so much grass for his herd, and he stakes it out. I take it the cows respect that fence, that wire. I thought of all the different kinds of fences that there are. You have woven barbed wire fence, you have high tensile fence, you have chain link fence, you have razor wire fence, you have iron rod style fence, split rail, wooden lattice, steel welded in place, invisible fence, electric fence, steel cable, picketed fence, compost fence, Composite fence, not compost. Wouldn't stand, would it? Brick fence. Bamboo fencing. And even wrought iron. And there could be many more. Anyone with animals knows that besides feeding them, that there is effort in maintaining the fence to keep them there. On our farm, we have electric. Electric demands respect. I do not like to get shocked. Anybody that has electric fence understands that. If you do not have experience with that, you will find out very quickly what that is. I believe Alan and his crew were there working the other day and one of the boys, Hunter, can't lay my own Alan, got a load, I think. Because they asked me, is that thing turned on? I said, yeah. Well, he found out very quickly what electric was. Now, some 20 years ago, 
we made an investment and we put all new fence up on our farm. And I hate to say this, but it's time for maintenance. And there's a little bit that I have been working at, but it doesn't last. Those posts are starting to rot off. The corner posts are starting to pull out of the ground if they haven't rotted off. The brace posts kind of lost their rigidity and the wire isn't as tight as it used to be. Would I be able to tighten a wire? No. Would just make it that much worse. It's interesting how animals test out the fence. I'm not sure I'm not a cow, but I do believe that the cows have hair on the end of their nose and they like to take their hair on the end of their nose and if they get a tickle through their hair, they know it's working. Because they're at our feed bunk, I'll be watching them and they'll stretch their head up just almost to the wire. And sometimes they miscalculate and there is a snap and it hurts. I mean, you take four feet that are on the ground, no shoes, no rubber, no nothing. They're backing up full tilt, plus the ones beside them. I hear it, I say, ouch. But somehow, why do we think the grass is greener on the other side? Cows think that. Is it greener on the other side? The dogs always want to go over to the neighbor dogs. Can I use the analogy that fences need to keep people where they should too? It's a question I ask myself. What kind of fence do you want to build? If you want to watch and see what a strong fence is, you can Google it, it's on YouTube. It shows a truck that's driving 40 miles per hour with no one in it, hitting this, it's made of some composite material that is with steel and strong fibers that is superiorly the world's strongest fence. And it literally, it shows that post going the truck literally surrounding that post and then almost coming back to the cab and that hardly anything being done to that fence. I like us to think about spiritual fences need to be in place to help protect us from the devil and his program. These are the kind of fences I'm talking about. You know, sometimes I think we can have personal fences that we put up around ourselves and it's hard for people to get into us. That's not the fences I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fences that 
we as a collective church, brotherhood, we work together and make good fences. Proverbs 22, 5. Thorns and snares are in the way of the forward. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. From that proverb there, we need to pay attention to our soul. The way of the forward, there is snares and there is thorns. Psalm, Psalms 39.1 I said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. There is an instrument that controls an animal. Something that a fence can do as well. Fences keep animals. They keep them from harm. They keep them separated. And we need to keep ourselves separated. We have to fence ourselves away from sin, wickedness, and worldly ways. Our fences keep us from straying. If we don't have fences, how do we know where the lines are? What keeps us from straying? James 1.27 says, Pure religion and undefiled before God. And the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, to keep himself unspotted from the world. Good fences are going to keep us unspotted. We can do this. We aren't alone in this either. And you probably already know that talking of animals and fences, going to the good shepherd passage in John chapter 10, I'll read that portion of scripture. I want you just to think about, as we read these verses, of building fences with Christ and protecting ourselves from the world and the evil that is in the world. John chapter 10, I'll read to verse 18, beginning at 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter is open, the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were, which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pastures. 
The thief cometh not but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, he seeth, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they should hear, and they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Here in this portion of Scripture, the shepherd and the sheep, it uses the idea of a fold giving protection. But I believe when it comes to husbandry, taking care of animals, that person knows and understands the boundaries. Understands and knows the character of his animals. But the key passage, or the key in this passage, is understanding and knowing the voice of the shepherd. Being able to hear that, being known of the shepherd, Jesus said, I know my sheep and am known of mine. There are those who do intend to hurt, to steal, and to kill. Jesus talked about wolves being in sheep's clothing. I think it was even mentioned in our Sunday school. Being sent in the midst of wolves. This is where I believe as a brotherhood, as a church family, we can find strength as we seek the shepherd. We need to love the shepherd and we need to have care for each other. I am the door by me if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out, shall go in and out and find pasture. Jesus laid his life down for the sheep. Sacrifice gave it all. Jesus wants the best for us. Jude one twenty one. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. That is the pasture that we want to find. And we want to be in that pasture, in that love, the love of God. But sometimes it just seems 
too much. Just like the cows, sometimes we push against that fence and it gives, it breaks down, and before long, we're through it. Turn to Second Peter, chapter 3. I want to read the entire chapter. It's only 14 verses. Second Peter, chapter 3. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophet and of the commandment of us, the apostle of our Lord and Savior, Knowing this, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of the ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth and the works therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the Lord of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. Reading through that chapter <coughs> once makes me want to build a good fence, and to maintain that fence, to keep myself pure and unspotted from the wickedness and the worldly things that, can I say, look greener? I think if there's areas in my life that I struggle with, we have to start by talking to the Good Shepherd. And I think it's by that acknowledgement that we can start to build fences. We need good posts. We need good wire. We need a fence that's going to stand. 
Not only that, but we need to seek our brothers and our sisters in that as well, in our building our fences. First Corinthians ten twelve. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. We can fall because we are still human. And I believe it's with the fences that we make and that we erect and help to protect us and maintain. It takes work. That's what's going to help us in our humanness. If we get careless and we don't care, we can push down the fences. The fences will break. And when that happens, we stray from God's pasture into the wilds and the darkness and we may find ourselves straying from time to time. It won't be hard to realize when you have pushed down the fence because we have in ourselves a conscience, a conscience that will prick us and let us know that we have gone too far. We have crossed that fence. You might call that God's barbed wire fence, that prick. And when you feel that, it's time to start fixing fence. And we must continually to mend and we must continually to strengthen that fence. I'd like you to think of it this way. Braden mentioned wire. So if I can use the idea of repentance as being our role of wire. Belief and faith as our pliers or vice grip or whatever you want to call it that we use to make fence. And we need, we need tools to help us with our fence making. I brought some things along this morning. I didn't bring them up here because I was struggling with how far do you take an object lesson? The children were asking me, what did I put in the back of the van? The thing that I really wanted this morning, I couldn't find. And that's called a fence stretcher. How many know what a fence stretcher is? It's not for when you cut your wire too short and you need to extend it, right? It's to put tension to the wire. Trust me, I've done that and I've done too much tension. But I would like us to think of the fence, the fence stretcher as buttered up. Okay, slow down. Fence stretcher as brother, brotherly edification. My brothers can help tension me. Braden mentioned bracing. A good fence needs bracing. I thought of bracing as could be our biblical teaching. Something that 
strengthens that wire. Since I didn't bring anything in this morning, I'm going to do this. And you can help me out here if you want, because this one still puzzles me. But I won't argue with the engineers. So, Braden, I'm counting on you. So, on the corner, you have three posts. You brace at the top, so the wire is going that way. You brace at the top or the bottom? What's that? That fence is in line going that way. Yeah. He braced this way. You're right. So you go to the bottom, you go to the top, right? What about this post here? What do you do? This is where I struggle. The engineers say you got to go from here to there. I would have done it from here to here. I don't know if it matters. Um... But anyway, you end up with a strong fence. And I've observed some fences being made by other fencing companies. And they even did a little different. They went from the bottom to the middle. And went from this bottom to that middle. Still bracing, but... I don't know. It's, it's neither here nor there. But it's bracing. And it's needed to... Strengthen a fence. Roll up your sleeves. Get work. Get to work. Mend the fence and watch carefully, lest there's any strands that become weak. Second Corinthians thirteen five. Examine yourself whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except ye be reprobates. We need to examine ourselves. We need to check our integrity. Maybe your fence is down. On our farm, for the electric, we have a little handheld tester that, I mean, you could grab it if you want, but we do have a tester that you can test and make sure that it's working. Dad does probably better at checking it than I do. But we find that if there's no lights indicating any current, that there's a problem. Or even if there's only two bars, that there's a problem. Chores are not done till we go find that problem. Because on a cold morning like this, or a cold day, who wants to be out chasing cattle? Can I go as far as to say that all it takes is one sin to ground out our fence? That our fence isn't working? Dwight gave us some good teaching last Sunday on sin. Sometimes it takes other people to help us to stretch and to find those spots that are grounded, that aren't working. You know, there's nothing more um, 
don't want to say appealing, but pleasing or satisfactory of a fence that has wires that are straight and true. They're not sagging, they're not laying in the dirt. It takes work to keep your fence in good order. Because if your fence isn't in good order, all it takes is for the cows or your favorite pet, your dog, cat, whatever it is, to get out and to be on the road and to get hit. Because you neglected your fence. What about you? What about me? If we let ourselves roam, we can stray and we can be cast into outer darkness. Turn to Psalms 95. Read this Psalms, and then in closing, I got a short little story. Psalms 95. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is great God, a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, the sea is his and he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are his people. Catch this. Of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, Forty years long have, was I grieved with the generation and said, It is a people that I do err in, my, in their heart that they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. There in that Psalms, it's talking about the children of Israel when they hardened their hearts in the wilderness. We need to not harden our hearts if we want to be in his pasture. Ultimately, there in verse 11, God wants us to enter into his rest. The story of a man who prided himself on his morality and expected to be saved by it was constantly saying, I am doing pretty well on the whole I sometimes get mad and swear but then I'm strictly honest I work on the Sabbath when I'm particularly busy but I give a good deal to the poor and I never was drunk in my life this man had hired a wise Scotsman to build a fence around his lot he gave him very particular directions in the evening when the Scotsman came in from his work the man said well Jack is the fence built, and is it tight, and is it strong? 
I cannot say that it is all tight and strong, replied the jock, for it, it is a good average fence. Anyhow, in some parts are a little weak, others are a little strong. I don't know, but I may have left a gap here or there, a yard wide or so, but then I made it up for doubling it, the number of rails on each side of the gap. I dare say that the cattle will find it a very good fence on the whole, and I will like it, though I cannot just say that it's perfectly in every part. What? cried the man, not seeing the point. Do you tell me that you have built a fence around my lot with weak places in it and gaps in it? Why? You might as well have built no fence at all. If there is one opening or a place where an opening can be made, the cattle will for sure to find it and will go through. Don't you know, man, that the fence must be perfect or is it, or is it worthless?